The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. She's one of the world's most influential names in fitness, listed among the AFR's Young Rich List, Forbes, and partnered with identities like Khloe Kardashian and Good American, boasting more than 15 million followers across the globe. With a family, an empire, and dumbbells in hand, Emily has made her dreams into reality, and she's here to show that you can too. This is the You Can Podcast by Emily Skye. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the You Can Podcast. I'm here with my good friend slash manager slash business partner, Sam Mangan. I need of to course. find some more slashes. I know, I'm adding one each time. I think it's good. Yeah, you See like how long that. we can get it. You might not like the next one I add though. Well, what can you do? <laughs> and we're also joined by a very good friend of mine who I've been friends with for a very long time. Can't even... I don't even know how long. Becky Lamb. Hi. Thanks for having Welcome. me. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here actually. Yeah. Thanks Me too. Me. We haven't seen each other for a long time, so it's good to have a catch up. We just sat here for like an hour <laughs> catching up and we're like, we better record. Yep, pretty much. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like I follow your life online a fair bit and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what she's doing. Yep, that's great. That's the best and the worst part about social media because yeah. you can keep up with everybody, but then you never feel like you need to catch up with people properly. Yeah, and I do the same watching YouTube and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what she's been doing. Yep. Yeah, so tell everyone what you do, because I always find it so hard Calm to explain. Down, okay, we didn't tell what oh, the episode me. is. We'll Calm get to you. down. You can be quiet. In today's episode, we are talking about identifying toxic relationships and how to surround yourself with positive people. Like the people in this room. Sam's not the positivity. Positivity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that's why we've brought in Becky Lamb, because you know guys know each other so well, yes. and so your histories go back very far, Yeah. Um, which gives you a good track record, I think. Mm-hmm. You can now tell people about yourself, but oh. they had no content. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna let her just tell the little, a little bit of nope. her story about herself, and then I was gonna get to the. You've, you've destroyed the whole. I'm the fat controller here, so I can choose <laughs> what happens when. All right. He's actually the toxic person we had on. So. Well, now that you're gonna have a little boy, M. Congratulations, by the way. Thank uh, you. You'll be watching a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine, so you'll we already do that. Yourself. There you go. Perfect. I already do it. Well, what do I do? I uh, don't do much at the moment, I don't feel like. I've got two-year-old twins, so they You do a lot. I was going to say, so automatically you do a lot. No, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I've always wanted a career and to do something, but I feel like at the moment my life's a bit on hold, and I know that that's an excuse. I know the motivation is always going to be there, and I still do do things, but, yeah, I am really tight for time with twins. It's a lot. Uh, my uh, fiance now, I have a fiance, which is exciting. <gasps> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> have I even seen you in the flesh since? No. I don't even think so. No. That's crazy. You, Where's your you ring? Be able to, it's here, this one. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Thanks. Oh, I'll try that on later. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> you can never speak to, uh, talk to Deck yes. <laughs> again. Fabian knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows more about rings than I do now, which is lovely. Uh, so he's a professional athlete and he does his thing. So I have to do everything else basically. So I clean up all his mess and make sure his life is easy and organized. And then I do um, over the time, like since I've known you, we've done modeling together. And then through that progression, it became social media. And then because we developed social media profiles back in the day, like yeah, 10 years ago, ago. Yeah. They've kind of just morphed into this online world now where I do a lot of social media online, like ambassador stuff. And, you know, I don't really like the term influencer, but for lack of a better word, that's what I kind of do at the moment. And then I've got a YouTube channel that I've been working on. And You're a real OG influencer though, right? Like you had the grand way back in the day. Yeah. I feel like that. Cause yeah. we first the met. original. Yeah. How many years ago did we, we met when you were promo gal? Yeah. I met you before. What? You guys met. I met Sam. Was that before yeah. then? Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Really? Wow. Because that was, God, I don't even know how many years ago now, but it was at a V8 party at the Sun City Resort yes. on the Gold Coast. Probably yes. like eight years ago or something. Yeah, it was. It yeah. would have been. Actually, I'll have a video on my phone because I recorded that night. That was the night when the guy did the jet ski in the pool. Yes, that's right. The oh last time it was ever legally allowed in Queensland. Um, <laughs> never again. But a guy had a jet ski. I'll show you the video after. A guy had a jet ski in the pool at the hotel doing flips. What? In the pool. Was like it, it a was big l- pool with a wave? I mean, no, no not like really. standard size hotel pool, yeah. but not a big one. Like just a- that's so weird and dangerous. It was wild. So, yeah, we met that night. Yeah. How interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was wow. before. That was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we worked together when I did um, Celebrity Apprentice, when I went to buy the auction item for something or other. What? Funny, yeah, I know. Funny times. I don't, I know, I don't know this story at really? all. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, I, well, Becky, told me the, I forgot. Becky had the agency, and so we worked there here and there booking promo girls and whatnot, oh. and then if she couldn't find someone, basically jumped in the cat suit herself. Here I am, yes. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and so I was in Sydney last minute. We went down to Celebrity Apprentice when it was on the air and we, uh, I was there on behalf of one of my clients and we were buying a, a an artwork, basically. So the celebrities from the show, basically, when it was filming, reached out to all contacts that they had to try and get people to come and buy stuff because it was all for charity. So my client at the time, I'd connected them with this celebrity. We'd flown down to buy the piece of art on TV. So I was on TV buying the artwork. Becky and I were on TV. My gosh. Um, and so we flew down. So anyway, Becky was my stand-in for that night because we needed to try and stand out. So we ended up having, here we go, <laughs> Becky doesn't want to hear this story, but we ended up having Becky and one other person in like a black cat suit oh with the gosh. brand all up her leg and up her body, but like a full cat suit, like a black cat suit. You still got that cat suit? No. I'll give you the hot tip. We shouldn't be dropping names, but Mark Burris, let me tell you, he was staring for an uncomfortably long time. (laughs) I'll never forget (laughs) that. I don't blame him. Him and his sons. I was like, wow. Because we walked into like a very fancy function and I'd walked in with two girls in a cat suit. (laughs) (laughs) What a time. Whoops. Um, Yeah. So those days are long gone for me. I've had kids now, so that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, so I ran the agency and it was actually when you were running an agency as well and when yeah. you left, that's when I started one. So it kind of just ended up morphing in and then you and I have known each other separately so and then you weird. guys kind of worlds collided and here we are. Such a small world, the Little Gold Coast home. It's mm-hmm. funny thinking back to those times. That was when I was so – I was such a different person back then and the people I surrounded myself with – were yeah. totally different. Well, you so, found some good golden yeah. nuggets in the rough there, didn't you? Just yeah. one. Here I am. Just I'm still here. You are my only friend. <laughs> You're my Stuck friend. Stuck it too. out. So it's Courtney. <laughs> oh, I figured you out after a while, though. Kind of. We went, but we did separate a little bit there for a few years while yeah. the the relationship was taking a different turn. But yeah. I guess we're going to get to that. Yeah. We. Uh, how do we tell this story? <laughs> so it's about toxic people, and we've had a. I think we all go through toxic people in your life, whether they're friends, people you work with, or they're your partner. There's always someone that sort of doesn't really work I with I think we need to go back as far as we can go, right? Like, so it's funny, before we started recording, we were just discussing if I could identify in my life anyone who was sort of toxic or at any point in my life. And I quite struggled quite a bit because my personality, I think, has always been quite resistant to that rubber and what is it, rubber and something else? What's the- Don't ask me. Rubber and glue? What's the- yeah, but there's one that's with rubber. But I'm pretty sure Aaron's going to check it out for me. Rubber. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. basically I just think my personality has always been resistant to that anyway. So I don't think I would identify someone as much toxic because it didn't affect me greatly. But do you, when do you feel like was the first time ever in either of your lives, like going way, way back, that someone was toxic? I mean, obviously oh, Emily. School, yeah. living, for sure. But yeah. what about one of your partners? Like, I mean, you obviously had yeah. a really tough 
early my life. My partners for sure, but I did. I had toxic people in my life when I was a really young kid. And, Guys, it was and rubber and glue. But oh. Sharon's confirmed. I'm not a psycho. Excuse me. Thank I you don't anyway. know what that is. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> Take it over again, Sam. Well, Look, people do say you talk too much on you. So. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like all the time. But but I love you. So anyway, back to me. So when I was a little kid, I was uh, bullied a bit at school, even when I was really young. So I was sort of used to that. Not that you get used to it and get really tolerant of it, but you – you get like you have those people around you and then as you get older it's like it's just they're always around you know and then you get you become an adult and then you realize that they never leave and there's always toxic people but i definitely gravitated towards people who were like that for whatever reason i don't know whether it's to do with self-worth or what but i definitely had toxic boyfriends i had one in particular did you know that they were toxic at the time no, or only I, until later because i didn't know De- uh, Deck. Where's Deck? Hey, Deck. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> you don't look anything like him, don't worry. <laughs> but we're just talking about that, like how how you don't know until you've been through it and you get experience and then you identify the signs to look out for with mm. people. But I desperately wanted to be loved and I wanted to fit in. And because my dad left when I was young, and I, I, I'm assuming this is the reason, I wanted a man to love me. So I was doing everything I could to to get that mm. and obviously it's not the right way to go about it and he was not a nice guy at all but he was very toxic like I, I'd need a whole episode to talk about him well we we have your own podcast we can do <laughs> oh, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becky what about you do you feel like there was someone like super early on that was super toxic yeah I I was same as Emma I was bullied all through school my dad passed away when I was six so I always felt like I had this other idea of what real life is and yep. I, I I could never really relate to the petty things that happened at school and I could never put myself in that situation and, you know, I didn't want to be part of the smaller things that didn't matter. I knew that there were bigger things that did. So I kind of went through school. I was bullied all through school and I remember just being like seven or eight sitting in the playground eating my sandwich by myself because I didn't have any friends. So right. I – and I could honestly say I probably didn't have any proper true friends until I was about 21, 22. So I felt quite lonely. Is that when you met me? Uh, no, I'd met you before that, but we weren't friends like we are now at that point. Yeah. And that for me, getting to that point and knowing what those red flags were and what people who were good for me and who weren't good for me were, I also didn't help myself either because I was pretty opinionated and I liked my voice. So I always wanted to put my voice out there first and say what I thought. Sounds and like Sam. People didn't like that very much. <gasps> I'm shocked. <laughs> so I kind of learned. Um, I like that about you. Yeah. And I do now. I really learned to appreciate that about other people too, that yeah. they can have their opinion and be free to do that. But when you do that, when you're young, people still judge you and they don't like that about you. So they put you down for it. And I just learned to, you know, either shut up or, or be absolutely correct. So no one could argue with you. So yeah. yeah anyway, I went through school and was bullied a lot and then kind of came out out of that and did things very, very differently after that, after school. And it's particularly when I started modeling is when it got quite bad for me. Um, when I was at, I was 19 and I was doing modeling competitions, which I, I think how I met you guys, because yeah. the competition that I actually won got to be in a calendar that you guys had made, that you had made. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that? Yes. Same. Were you 19? Yeah. 19. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was 19. <gasps> that little snow bunny picture. No way. Remember that one? Yes. Yes. We'll so, need a copy of that. Oh, we'll find it. It's bad. <laughs> so um, it actually wasn't bad. It was pretty fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I won a modelling competition. I think it was Miss Indy. And at the time I'd won this limo Hummer ride and I'd invited all of my school friends to come out on this limo Hummer ride. Was there anything that, cooler when you were that age? Though, than no. The Hummer's <laughs> <Nothing>. truly. <laughs> the 
of free drinks, you yeah. know, and then I had free club entry because I'd want to add a club. So I got there and then I got a booth. and Like it was the ultimate when you yeah. were 19, right? So I invited all these girls out and they're like, yeah, no, nah, I can't make it. Sorry. And what? I thought, okay, I mustn't be that cool or you guys must just be really busy. Turns out they all went to um, – they had one of them had a birthday party that I wasn't invited to and they'd all concocted a story to say they were either busy at their grandma's house, they didn't um, – they couldn't come because they were doing other things, whatever. And – um, I did the Hummer ride. I invited my, my, I told my brother, you just bring your friends cause I've got none. And we all went on this limo ride, got to the club. I walked upstairs and they were all there. And I said, well, you guys are busy today. What did, like, why are you here? You said you were busy. Why did you That's lie so to me? Awkward. And that was, oh, well then we, we just didn't want to hang out with you. <gasps> I was like, oh, okay. Well, glad I know that you're not my friend. And that was kind of the first moment for me when I re- realized how, alone I was and how little friends I did have and how in genuine is that a word? Disingenuous? Disingenuous? I don't know. Yeah, that's Same. correct. Disingenuous. Not a word very genuous, genuine they <laughs> were. Um yeah, and that was kind of my 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 story of realizing I had no friends and really starting to work on me and do things for me. So sure yeah. what's interesting though, I think that when you're in school there's like a real pressure, like there's this I mean I think pressures change as you get older, obviously they the, the target of whatever the massive pressure is, you know, when you're in grade 12, it's like your QCS or your HSC or whatever it is, um, that OP. But when you're really young, I feel like friends is kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. You go to school mm-hmm. and you need to have friends. Like the, everyone's in a group. I need my group. Who's my group? In. There's the cool group. This is, what group am I in? So it's like such a big thing. But I feel like as you get older, it becomes less important and you yeah. kind of refocus on if I have one friend, if they're a good friend, I'm good. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just not the target of every day being Quality. like, I need to have, yeah. Mm. But it's just, I, I, it, well, it doesn't prey on me, but I know that when I was younger, you had that consideration of, oh, there's that group and there's that group and there's that group. Which group am I in? Like yeah. what? Where Whereas when fit? you're older, it's and like And there was what? like the cool group and then the not so cool and then the, the nerdy group and all the different. Yeah, exactly right. Separation. Which they're, like they're we almost. Put, we put labels on them yeah. so that we can identify with or without them. Yeah. yeah, and it seems like, you know, in movies they obviously go over the top to identify them. You know, I mean, the mean nerds girls. look like nerds, <laughs> the mean girls look like mean you know, whatever. But to an extent they all exist in that ecosystem yeah. in high school. Yeah. But do you think that then as you've gotten older, and it's funny, I was going to say before when you said that you met Emily when she was a lot younger, do you think that if you had met then and tried to be friends then, you would still be friends now? Because I know that you obviously back in those days, you know, by your own admission, were a very different person. Yeah. Do you I think was really that- shy and had no confidence at all and that might have come across as like rude to people because I didn't make an effort with people because I was so shy and and I thought no one would like me. So it was like my own fears making me seem a certain way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, I think. I was really jealous and insecure. So I always (laughs) wanted to be the best at what I could be or the fittest or the, you know, when modelling it became more of a competition to me than, than an achieving a work goal or a career focus. So I wanted to get the campaign over everybody else. I wanted to be the one who was picked. Of course, you know, now looking back, if you're a blonde haired girl or a brunette girl, it can be as simple as that, whether you get the job or not, regardless of how great you are. So over time I'd learned that, but yes, we could have been friends and yes, we were friends, but I think now that our relationship has grown and we've had those experiences, now we're better friends because we can appreciate each other more. Yeah. Yeah. Mod- modeling world is so unhealthy. I think to be friends with people who are also in the world, mm. I just I've I've never seen it to this day. And I'm sure people exist out there that can be friends and still work in the industry and compete against each other. But I'm not the type of person that can do it. Mm-mm. I mean, we've had similar friends. We had a circle of friends back in the day that there was a, it was full of very toxic people, and they wanted to be the best, and they surrounded themselves with people who would 
I guess, lift them up and, and sort of praise them and make them feel like the, the, the queen. Yes. <laughs> and I was always the person that would sort of, I wanted to be, uh, deep down, I did want to be the best. Like I wanted to get things, but I always, I never thought I was good enough to be. So I always thought these other people were better than me. So I was kind of part of that praising them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to support the people that you need to support in order to get what you need as well, but you've got to be more generous with your love and your care about that if you want a friendship. It's yeah. very it's hard to not distinguish between the friend and the work colleague yeah. and then have that on separate places yeah. as well. Like I always admire those people that are in a relationship and married that can work together. Oh. Like there's you've got to have boundaries in some of those two yeah. different parts. And I think with with the work relationship that we were at at that age, it was very difficult for us to get ahead because a lot of those lines were being blurred between friendship and work, but also there was so much control there as well. Yeah. You were very dictated too. Yeah. Um, and being told what you could and couldn't do as mm. opposed to being, you weren't being lifted up and encouraged and supported. You were being yeah. basically told that you weren't good enough anyway. So of course you were going to feel like yeah, you were never going to be good enough. I'm just thinking back. Do you think it's that, that it's almost like, and I'm going to draw a wild analogy here, but do you think that that modelling world, and I, I've never been in it, never worked in it, never had any real association with it because we've never really booked a lot of models or anything in that space. So I, I don't know a lot of people in that world. But do you think that a lot of that is kind of similar now to what a lot of girls would be feeling just generally because of Instagram? Like that pressure that's quite a pressure cooker inside the modeling industry to me feels a bit like it's leaking now into the world because Instagram is forcing upon everyone this perfection that you may have seen every day in modeling, but now we're seeing every day on Instagram. Yeah, I think it was always there. The media's always been around. It's just been yes. in different forms and whether or not you're susceptible to that or you can see it or not or it's in front of your face is where it's sort of changed a bit. So I think it's good and bad the way that the world is developing with social media. Yes, it's right in your hand. You can literally scroll and be insecure by the way someone looks or yep. the picture or whatever they've done. <clears throat> but then back in the day, you'd still have that with the girl sitting next to you and yeah. you yeah. quietly see the achievements that she's doing too. But I also think now we've got the resources to be able to help ourselves to move forward from that, whereas back in the day we didn't. Mm. Yeah. So, you you know, you, again, you've got it right in your palm of your hand, whereas you can access that information to say, okay, I feel like this today. Why do I feel like this? Or you can, you know, follow Em and she's very supportive of making sure you acknowledge those feelings and this, and this is how to move forward on those feelings. You know what I yeah, mean? Like you course. can follow influences now that are terrible and also fantastic. So yeah, like of course. Yeah, 100%. Good and the bad. So going back to what you were talking about before, you had that small group of friends um, in the industry, I think you said. Yeah. Um, and do, do you think that at that time you knew that they were toxic but you didn't care? I couldn't identify with what exactly it was. I didn't know that it was a toxic relationship. But did I you just, know they were bad for you but you just couldn't leave? Eventually I did, yeah. yeah. It's sort of as time went on and I, I matured, I guess, I became aware of how they were acting and that it wasn't, healthy yep. and that I needed to actually get out of there's one person in particular that I realized I had to get out of that relationship with. Yep. And I mean, she had her own uh, insecurities as well. I had my insecurities that were different. I, and I guess it, it came out in different ways, yep. but she was, she had to be the best at everything and she'd do anything she could to get there. Right. And if that meant making sure I didn't get, get work and things like that, then, then she would do it. Yeah. And then I always thought I'm not good enough. It's because it's I'm not good because she would say things like, oh, I don't know why they don't choose you for jobs. Yeah, so right. it sort of made me feel like, yeah, I was just never going to get anywhere while being friends with her. And it, I mean, the story could go on forever. There's so much to it. But I did realise that I needed to end this relationship and it was like I was breaking up with someone. Yeah. I was bawling my eyes out <laughs> and yeah. um, she was sort of defensive about it but and didn't seem upset but – I just, yeah, I knew it had to be done and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, I reckon, in my life. 
besides birth. <laughs> but, like, it was horrible because Declan was in the army at the time. He went overseas to Afghanistan for, I think it was six months, and I basically I, I lost my group of friends, even though most of them weren't real friends. Becky was in that group, but we weren't close enough to sort of be no. proper friends then, I guess. No, we were friends by association first. Yeah. And then it sort of developed into a friendship when we'd gone through the same experience. Yes, different times. but it was different times. Yeah. So I sort of... Because my group of friends sort of all – they all went to this other person who I'd sort of broken up with, I guess. And um, Can I just say, though, the reason for that was to because get we were all manipulated because yeah. we had to stay there to be – We uh, don't get me wrong, uh, we were friends and we all enjoyed the company too, but it was also this obvious, like, weird blurry line yeah. between friendship and work where control. we can't be friends because we also work in the industry. So, therefore, if we all work in the same industry, then – we have to work through you and with you as well. So you can't break up one without breaking up the other, which is where you really struggled because you knew that you could have that without, but Mm. you had to rebuild and do that all by yourself. And that was quite scary for you and intimidating at the time because you didn't have anything without. Oh oh my God, it was horrible. I was on my own. I literally was on my own living in a different, because I'd I'd move, I was like a couple of hours, about an hour and a half away from my hometown and deck was gone. I had no friends. All the friends sort of stayed Mm. in that group. And then I remember just bawling my eyes out every day. I was really depressed. And then I thought something in me told me this is a good thing, like this had to happen and you can work on fitness was what I'd chosen back then. I I realised that was my passion and where I wanted to go with my career. And I started building that and building it online and I thought I'm going to dedicate this time to that. And and I'm so glad I did it because it worked out for the best. And that timing of that too because was so perfect for you because you could have that online support and that became your new network yeah. and that's why you've been so successful on that because what you've been able to be vulnerable about people have related to mm-hmm. and then by putting that out there people can then yeah. see that that's what you've been through and that's what you've gone through so then that's where you were getting your support from which was yeah. the new part and then over that time you've you know worked out all these people that are around you that are physically yeah. in front of you and also online in front of you that are being supportive and negative. I also realised I didn't need to I didn't have that need to fit in anymore. I always wanted to fit in and have my have group a group of girls and I've never been that person and that's okay. Mm. I don't need to fit in. I don't need to go on girls' trips, although it would be nice. We should go <laughs> on one. But I don't need to have that and I don't need lots of friends. It's it's more about belonging now. There's a difference. Yeah. And um, people that actually accept you for who you are and, and love you for, for everything, like the good and bad. And that comes from self-development, this is yeah. my opinion. It comes from self-development and going through those hard yeah. times but then also accepting yourself for who you are and loving mm-hmm. yourself for who you are and then saying, okay, it's good, I'm all right with this. Yeah. You don't and need to change yourself to fit in with other people. That's right. But like attracts like. So yeah. you as a person will attract people that are like you yeah. as well and that creates a good friendship and a good bond. And that's why it's hard too because I was pretending to be a certain yeah. person to fit in and then how can I attract anyone who's really – He's going to love me for me if if I'm not even being me. Exactly. Yeah. So you were in the same group that we're referring to in this story um, before. Mm-hmm. Emily's obviously moved away from that. How did you end up, I guess, exiting the group or did the group dissipate? What was your exit? <laughs> how, how did you move away? Because, I mean, it, it, we're both identifying, I'm guessing, I'm not too familiar with the story, but you're both identifying someone that you think was toxic in your life. Um, Emily's explained how she's sort of moved away from that toxicity. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, I... I was always pretty independent and I still am and I always have been and you know, I think that's because growing up without my dad I always had to figure it out for myself and if I wasn't going to do it I've worked out really early that no one was ever going to do it for me so if I wanted it I had to go and get it. Yep. So I, I realised that later when I was like 25. <laughs> Took <laughs> me later, never end. Yeah. That's good. So for me I felt like I got to a point where I was like yep you know I wasn't 
because when you're modeling, you have an agent and agencies usually get you work. And if they're not getting you enough work, you can't necessarily, you know, pay your rent with your $200 quick photo shoot down the road. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're only working two hours a week. So or a voucher that you get. <laughs> Remember those? Oh, God, <laughs> I could go on. But then, uh, so I, I ended up moving, I lived um, a bit further from you and then I ended up moving to Sydney to pursue modeling further. And I actually gained a really good career down there. And when I was working in Sydney, I was still doing other things. So um, working through the other agency and I had numerous and multiple agencies going at the same time. So I could always juggle all of that. So I so never had to- in the agencies, but you hadn't started yours yet. Is that right? Uh, no, I, I had a, actually, I think had started it at that point because okay. when you'd left, I'd offered to buy your share of your agency. I remember that. And that was a no-go. Yeah. That got shut down really quickly. So I was like, oh, I'll just make my own. I, 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 I probably would have shut it down because I didn't think it was worth anything. <laughs> Uh, No, it was. It it was very successful at yours. So anyway, I created mine and it was very different. It was same, same, but different to what you were doing. And then um, as as time progressed, that became really successful. My own modelling became really successful. So I didn't really need to have the breakup as dramatic as what you had because I wasn't as invested as what you were just in that. You didn't feel trapped. No. When my breakup, I'm using inverted commas, breakup happened, (laughs) Um, I was actually overseas at the time and I'd, I'd been unfollowed on social media. Oh, and that means the something, guys. Sin. That was the send-off for me. It was all <laughs> over. So uh, You didn't get blocked, though. Uh, no. Not yet. But what had happened at that point for me is that one of my friends who I really trusted, who's still in the industry, she had then – her and I had had private conversations that I trusted her with and she also voiced the same opinion of me, of, of with me that I was saying and that she was saying. We were both having this mutual conversation. Mm. She'd then gone and taken that information and told our friend and then that friend then, that was when I got blocked, deleted all of that stuff. And then I'd apologised. I've still got the messages. I apologised. I said, you know, this is what I said but I'm not going to take it from, from her. She was also in that conversation. You yeah. don't have a conversation with someone about someone else and how you feel unless you trust the person. Yeah. So I trusted her. She then offloaded me and then now they became friends for all of about I six minutes. Similar story. They do it to try and get closer so <laughs> yes. they can get more out of it. It's because just, it was terrible. She had a great um, part Network of the industry. And stuff, yeah. Exactly. And everybody wanted to be a part of that. And so that was part of the attraction to that friendship again the inverted commas so that's kind of how it happened for me and then I lost all of that group of friends as well and I was basically just like you were and then the lies all you know everyone adds on to it and gets spread and you're the nasty person people thought I was this evil horrible person were you terrible I'm not like that at all I don't even have that in me to do that (laughs) yeah but again I think that just comes from like growing and not being so jealous or insecure of that because you were you had something that was different to what everybody else had and I think that's what made people frustrated or jealous or insecure about being just your friend or your competitor in the modelling world because that's what it became, a competition, who could get the most, who could be the best. And I think it's important at this point maybe just to even discuss a difference, right? Like a toxic person, it's a it, it's a big call, right, to call someone a toxic person. I think I yeah. think it's a very big, you know, I mean, it gets thrown around rightly. a lot, but yeah. to, for every person who's truly toxic. Yeah, yeah. and there can be different levels yeah. of that too. That's very true. But I think that, you know, what you were talking about, you were having a discussion with a friend about this other person um, and, you know, call it whatever you want. I'll call it bitching, whatever. Use the yeah. word that you want to use. I think that's very natural. It yeah, is. it is, yeah. You know, we all have super annoying parts to all of us. Yes. And at times that will cause people to have a discussion of it. Yeah. <laughs> we bitch about you all the time, Sam. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a line. Um, <laughs> I'm actually they have buttons, maybe jackets now, I can't be sure. But um, do you know what I mean? And I think that there's. it's important that people, when we're trying to work out 
when someone is toxic, if someone's listening to this and they think they've got someone in their life, there's a stark difference, I think, between bitching about someone and someone being toxic. Yeah. I think that we all have frustrating personality traits, yeah. et cetera, that are going to cause a discussion. Yeah. And the um, thing is, like, I can be toxic to someone too. I can be toxic to Declan or, or my sister or whoever or you. I, like, everyone's got that in but them. But do you think that's toxic? I think toxic is just such it's such a grave person, word. It? Yeah. yeah, it's like bullying. Yeah. If you're saying like bullying about someone, it's like a, it's a big label to put on someone. I think I it's, agree. I think if you say you, you know you can be frustrating or you can upset or manipulate the the, the situation with like say for example you and Deck or, or something like that, like you can go to that length. But I wouldn't necessarily call it toxic because once you get mm. to a toxic level is when you're genuinely feeling yeah. like so stuck and you can't get yourself Trapped. out of that. Yeah, yeah. then yeah. that's when like you're in this situation where you can't get out of, that's scary and I think that's when it becomes quite toxic. I guess it is. It's different for everyone though. Like someone might look at me and think that I am toxic for them and that's okay because that's that's their opinion and we just don't – we're not compatible. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe if they see that, then that just means you're not know, meant though. to I be together. Think, <laughs> I mean, and obviously I'm very outspoken, but I just think we live in a world now where labels are used so quickly mm. that I think it's important to, to draw a line where it's not. And I think the you know the example you've given, Becky, about bullying is one that I'm very mm. passionate about. I don't think bullying is what a lot of people call it. Yeah. And I think that when you see true bullying, especially in the context of children, it's important to defend that rigorously. But when you use bullying in something that really isn't, yeah. then that's when it waters down the entire yeah. market of bullying, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, we need to keep that title where it is because when someone's actually experiencing it, we need to deal with that head on and, and fast. But if you start using, a, you know, they called me a name or whatever, as bull yeah, I think it yeah. starts to water down the effect of what bullying actually is. And that's when it starts to become you know, desensitized in media yeah. and desensitized in conversation. And I think for toxic people, it's the same. You've got to get to, and I think these stories are important because it's highlighting for people that it, it, this is many years, this is happening over, am I correct? Yeah. You know, with, with this yeah. person you're referring to. Um, and both of you have now explained completely separate interactions that you felt very trapped and yeah. didn't know how to and, and whatnot. And to even explain leaving someone like this as a breakup, I think should explain mm. to people the gravity of, of what this is. But <clears throat> now it's interesting to me, and I don't know about this for you, Becky, but I do for you, Emily, even after experiencing that, you know, many years later in life, you then became involved with someone who I would describe toxic again in, in your business. Oh, my but God, which one? <laughs> again, well, uh, yeah, several. I feel like um, I've been through this with you. <laughs> but do you feel like you identified that faster the second time around? I definitely around? did. Yeah, because which I've told the story before, but I used to have no self-worth. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't I didn't trust my own feelings back yep. in the day. And as I got older, I started trusting them more. And just jumping back quickly to that relationship that I identified was toxic and I got out of it because I didn't believe myself and the feelings that I was having to be true. Um, and then I realised, okay, well, it's about me and I'm not feeling good about this. I need to end it. And then it happened with Becky and then other people had the same thing with this same person. It sort of verified, I guess, in a way. Absolutely. It validated that my feelings were right and it was correct. So I started trusting sure. my own instincts, so yeah. to speak. So then when I um, got involved with some people in, in business and I pretty much straight away realised that they weren't <laughs> – their intentions were not good, <laughs> put well, it that way. Been, yeah. And, yeah, they just – they were very uh, – yeah, they're toxic. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, and, and I think that's such a, a – again, verifiable by many other people, yeah. but I think it's very clear that's toxic. Have you had a, a situation after – I don't know the the date sort of it, but after this original breakup, if you will, with this friend, have you had another example where it's 
you've had someone toxic come into your life and you've then realised faster that time around? Yeah, sometimes I feel as though the older I get, the more I realise it and in different types of ways. And it could be like sometimes a relationship in my family or yeah. sometimes in my friend circles or even at work. I had a job when I was 15 and at um, just a local place where I lived and the woman who also worked behind the desk with me would get me to do all her chores, like buy her dog food and her groceries and pick up meat from the butchers and stupid things like this. And I remember going home to my mum and saying, mum, I don't get paid to pick up her dog food. What's going on? And she said to me, there's a lesson in every person that you meet that they will give you. And in this particular instance, you're going to find these people for the rest of your life. You're going to find people that you don't get along with, that you'll have to work for, that you don't really want to do the things that they ask you to, or is probably outside of what you're supposed to be doing. But what you have to learn is how to deal with them and how to deal with them every single day. Mm. And when you learn that lesson, then you can move forward with something else and then a new lesson will present themselves to you. So I figured out this this bullying stuff in school and I thought, okay, I know how to walk away from this and I've learned how to deal with that. Now I'm getting to this point in my life where I'm like, okay, now I need to deal with other things that are happening with, I don't know, social media or something. So then I'm learning how to pick up with that and run with that. And I feel like with the toxic relationship people, it comes in so many different forms and friends and stuff, particularly having a professional athlete as fiance, it can be really frustrating at times because people don't necessarily see you for who you are. They see you for something that they can get from you. And I know you've been through this Mm. a million times and it, it gets to this point where it's easily identifiable within a very short space of time. And that's something I've learned over time. So yes, to answer your question, I have many times seen these toxic people, but I don't let them stick around anymore. And I've got too many friends now, (laughs) brag, too many friends, um, (laughs) because I value them and they value me for that. And you don't need to spend time with them every single day. Like you and I can't remember the last time I saw you, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we're friends because we value the same things and like attracts like and we get there together because we've got the same and common interests and we grow together. And that's a big difference for me because when I'm feeling that toxic red flag part in a relationship, I'm out, I'm done. There's mm-hmm. no point. And, and I know that it's not going to go anywhere because I've done it a hundred times and I've tried. So now I'm just, okay, see ya. Yeah. And how important do you think it is for someone, if they're listening to this and they think they've got someone toxic in their life, how important do you think it is for them to stop forget that person for the moment and look inward and see that maybe they've got an issue with themselves first before they can deal with that. You've spoken a lot about sort of self-worth and whatnot. I think it's important in any situation to look at yourself first because that's something you can change, you Mm -hmm. have control over, Mm -hmm. you can't control other people. So if there's things you can do and there's some barriers you can put up that helps the situation, if you have got someone that you're feeling is a toxic person, then it's important that you do look at that and you start taking action and I, I know a lot of people and I get it all the time I get messages all the time on, on um, Instagram and other <laughs> platforms but there's a lot of people especially young women who are in toxic relationships whether it's a partner or it's their mother they're living with and they're like still a teenager and they're living at home and because I always say it's important to leave because I've told the story about being in abusive relationships as well and how I left that and they're like how do I get out of a situation if, if I'm living with the person I can't afford to move out they're trapped, but there's, you can't necessarily remove them physically from your life, but there's things you can do, I think, I guess, emotionally that can put up those barriers so that you can protect yourself in a way. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think arguably I would say, based on the stories you've told, I've not known you your whole life, but 
you've become a lot more of a confident person and obviously now understand yeah. more of your self-worth and whatnot. Do you think that if you don't understand your own self-worth and whatnot that you yeah. can identify a toxic person or even be close to removing them? I think you can still identify them. I just don't think you might have the strength in order to action them. Mm. When you say identify them or when I say identify them, do you think that you identify them as a toxic person or you just know something's not right? Both. Yeah, it can be. You think you can? It depends yeah. on the person. For me, I yeah. didn't know that they were toxic at first and it took time and I always doubted myself. So I always thought that I was the problem. Yeah. And I always think two, something's wrong with me. <laughs> sorry for interrupting. When you're initially in that relationship with someone, it's the same thing when your partnership, like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, and a friendship, you always look at the positives of each other. You always yeah. see the best sides. You never necessarily see those negatives until it might come to a, a you know, they say it's a honeymoon period in a relationship. Yeah. So you get to the end of that honeymoon period and you start seeing other things. Well, you have a that, feeling. Yeah. You can't explain it, but you just feel something and you've got to trust those instincts. That's right. And like when you're in a position that you can't get out of, say if it be family or work or school or something, it's important to to be able to recognise that, but then to be able to say, you know what, this is actually what it is and see the situation for what it is. And if yeah. you can take yourself out of it. An emotion emotionally, out of it. Mm. Exactly. Then the, like, if you can understand what's happening, whether you're being yeah. bullied or somebody's being mean to you or not doing the right thing by you, then you can say, okay, this is what it is and be practical about it. Yeah. When, when you can take the emotion and take yourself out of the situation and be practical about that, mm. then it becomes a whole different ball game because then you can actually go, okay, you can deal with it. it's not me. Yeah. It's just what's happening and it's okay. Yeah. It's a bit similar. This is a terrible analogy to draw, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> uh, I cop enough abuse anyway. It, it To me, it's like when you move into a new house and everything's great. And then over time you realise like, oh, this is a cheap tile that's in here, isn't it? Things fall well, this apart. is cracking. What's happening with this door here? Who designed this wall? Yeah, and you slowly bits and pieces start to realise it isn't the perfection you thought time. it may have been when you arrived. Time. Yeah, and it's slowly that you start to realise and you go, oh, and you cover it up in your own mind. Yes. And I certainly did it with my current it's house. Like, well, you're like, that's good. fine. Don't yeah. worry. It's, oh, the it's kitchen's silly. great though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you're like, what has happened here? <laughs> this is outrageous. I've still had six months on this lease. But then, yeah. then the house collapses and you're like, something's wrong now. That's I can, it. I can identify that. The way that you're explaining it to me feels almost like that relationship I have yeah. with my house. Yeah. <laughs> As I've slowly bits good. and pieces gone, oh no, <laughs> what have I done here? But that's very interesting, I think. And, um, you know, I think for people, especially if they're listening and they think they've got that person in their life, it's important to try and find what tools can we give people or what, you know, what have you seen? And I think that it's, I think your experiences whilst have been the same with say one individual have been quite different though, because I think that maybe from a much earlier age, you were very confident and, yes. and had your self-worth, whereas Emily didn't. Mm, and so it yeah. feels like you were able to identify it a lot quicker, Becky, yeah. in terms of this is toxic, but maybe still, you both still felt trapped, Yeah. but it was different approaches, yeah. I guess, to it, which is good to have for people to hear. And getting That's out was different too. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I was very, very sensitive. I still am, but not as bad. You can identify that now, so you're less sensitive about it. Exactly, you can understand what's and going you need on. to understand yourself first too, in order to get through things like this. So yeah. I know that I'm sensitive. I know I can catastrophize you and deck call it. No. Like I, I am aware of these things now, <laughs> yes. so it helps me work through things and and realize whether I'm overreacting or or maybe it's just me that's feeling a certain way about someone. So yeah, you got to know yourself. Do you first. do anything day to day in terms of? I mean, we're, we're talking about self awareness now. Do you do anything day to day to you know help yourself identify those types of things, or w what happens you know in that process? I guess, and you know, both of you have been in, in long term relationships now. Like I even in those circumstances, how do you become more self aware about 
you know, Becky, you mentioned the honeymoon period. Um, how do you get to the end of the honeymoon period and look at it and go like, oh, it's all the Fabian's problems and I am perfect. Do you know what I mean? How do you <laughs> stop and sort of start to realise, no, maybe I'm a nightmare for this? Or maybe you literally I... stop. You literally yeah. stop and look inwards and look at yourself and go, how could I? You, you try to see it from the other person's perspective. Yeah. And what are things that I could be doing that, that's not really helping the situation rather than going, it's all you and, you know, blaming and pointing the finger at someone else. You have to sit back and go, okay, is it pro- pragmatic? Is that the word? Yeah, if you're pragmatic, Coming yeah. to mind. I don't know. I'm, Great, I, always, love it. I throw the wrong words around all the time. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to sit back and see from both sides. And and you know how they say there's three sides to a story. Yes. You got to like be that third person looking in, yeah. rather than being getting consumed by your feelings and going, "It's you. You're an asshole." Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what am I doing? What can I do to change? And actually talk to someone. Communication's the the number one thing in any relationship, I think, and you've got to sure. talk it through. But take deep breaths and and try to be calm and not just blame the other person and work through things from a loving sort of way. If, if you is care that, about the person enough, is you know? that in the moment or is that later? Well, I think everyone in the moment. No one's perfect, and I definitely don't do it. You have your, I, I do. I have my um, outrage and I cry and go crazy because my emotions are insane. But I walk away, take deep breaths, and then go, okay, how do I get out of this situation? in the best way possible that stops hurting people, you know, that, that yep. isn't going to hurt them as much. And people are going to get hurt in things. Like when you're honest with people and you're talking yeah. through things, people will get hurt, but how can you do it in a way that's not as hurtful? <laughs> Does that if, make you, sense? if you have a fight with Declan, say, for example, do you, you know, an argument's an argument, right? We all have those. I cry and then, shout and swear and call him a, yeah, But do you then words. walk away from that and then sort of, I mean, not immediately, obviously, but yeah. do you then at some stage look back and go like, ugh, Maybe I was unreasonable yeah. or and I apologize. So you, you assess yeah. it post. We both do it. Is that the yeah. same as you, Becky? Yeah, I found the best word to use is sorry. Yeah. You and just, you feel, you just you say feel like, I don't want to say it, but get it out. Yeah, but the, the, as soon as you say it, you feel better. You and do. they feel Relief. better and everybody feels yep. better. So it's like a win-win. It's like this tension and then you say it and everything drops and you're yeah. like, oh, it's okay now. Yeah. For Fab and I, we like you say, communication is the number one for us. Yeah. So if we can communicate in a way that's not emotional, again, taking that emotion out of it. Which is so hard. Yeah, it's really hard because, you know, if I say to Fabs, this is really annoying me and I don't feel like he's listening or he's not um, hearing what I'm saying or using those, like what I'm saying and putting it into action, like it's really annoying when you leave your bowl in the sink. Can you please wash it up or put it in the dishwasher? We're over, right? (laughs) Take your ring back. No, I'm keeping it. I'd never, I'm keeping this forever. Um, but he he will eventually come around, whereas like before when we first got together, it would take three days. This yeah. argument of cone of silence for three days is just so impractical. You don't get yeah. anything done when you're not yeah. talking to each other. So then when you get to this point of you start communicating and then you understand what you actually need or what you're trying to say, that can that takes time though. I think it's just a maturity thing and you it's a practice as well. You mm. have to go, okay, I'm yeah. being ridiculous. Step back, think about it. What are you actually wanting from me? And am I actually doing that? And can oh. I help that? Because yeah. the power's in my hands if I can help it. And then um, also understanding that like there are other resources out there. Like if you want to see a therapist or something, yeah. it doesn't mean you're in trouble. Are no. you going to break up tomorrow? It Don't be ashamed to go and reach out and, and no, do that. Therapists are wonderful. Oh, yeah. we, should talk about, just... we haven't mentioned on this podcast before and I know literally nothing about it, so I'm the wrong person to be bringing this up. But <laughs> my understanding is that Medicare, if you actually go and um, speak to a professional, so your GP, they can refer you, yes. you actually get a mental health plan prescribed to you and as a result of that 10 sessions with a... I think it's 10-ish with a psychologist. It's 10. 
at no cost. So exactly. Medicare covers that. And yeah. I think something we'll need to know that because um, I think psychologists have a perception of being expensive and yeah. you know, not everyone has the money. There's to also helplines you can call. They've been around for as long as I yeah. can remember. And I remember that, that number. I don't know if you remember. 1-800-555-1-800. Yeah. And I've called that before when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah. So there's there's help out there, and, yeah. and you've I think taking it is so important, yeah. rather than just trying to ignore it. You know but it's mean? power. It's being able to take the power use back. the situation and learn from it, and then the more ed- like you know everyone says education is is power, and mm. the more educated you are on the situation, if you're taking your emotion out and you're practically figuring out what's going on, then you can practically go about yeah. fixing it. As I don't know, maybe I'm too practical and not no, emotional I, I like enough, it. but that seems to always have worked for me because I can then see. For what it is, not yeah. what I'm getting myself caught up emotionally about yeah. it. Because I used to back in the day, because I'm very sensitive, as I said numerous times, and I can go crazy and catastrophize all that stuff. I'm like, I'm I'm crazy. Like if you come near me, you'll probably blow up, like because of the tension and everything. But because I am aware of being that certain way, yes. As the years go on, I don't sit there and stew over things anymore. I don't stay in that place. I don't allow myself to stay there because I can stay there for a long time. And what does that serve? No, no. purpose at all. It's like drinking so poison. I, yeah, mm. I know. It's like that saying, drinking poison, expecting the other person to die with yeah. other people that are nasty. But anyway, <laughs> <Just> you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. deviating a little bit. But now I do get through, I get through those things so much faster. I allow myself to still feel what I feel initially. And then I go, okay, that's enough now. We need yeah. to work through this. Yeah. I will just add before, um, just because I know this podcast obviously listened to around the world, when I was referring to the mental health plan, that's an Australian program. Yes. Um, I'm not familiar with the US and the UK um, and their programs. I believe the UK is one very similar, but I'm not familiar with the US. But I'm sure there is processes that you can look for. It's probably websites too you can for sure and people should know that there is always help out there in terms of mental health especially now more than ever because um you know i think that it's become more and more prevalent in the world so that's that's a good thing but i think just as we're wrapping this up now i want to go through uh, and give people some tangible tips i think we've embedded some throughout the whole thing but i think we'll go through and do that now um and i'll just get you to be short and sharp and i'll cut you off (laughs) okay i can't Um, do that we talk too much but i want to go with how to identify toxic people and how do you identify a toxic person how do you feel after being around them when you leave them after spending time with them? Do yep. you feel good? Do you have a positive feeling or is there something there that you just, you don't, you can't explain it, but you just feel a certain way. You don't way. feel better. Yeah, yeah. Becky? Same for social media. I would say the exact yeah. same thing. Um, yep. You know, you can unfollow, unsubscribe, unwatch, un- you know, get rid of it out of your mm-hmm. life. It's really easy with a click of a button. Um, and it's also particularly things on like Facebook, hide, like just yeah. hide their profile. So that's their taking control. Yeah. 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 Mute them, you mean. Yeah, that too. Yep, whatever yeah. works. Get them but out of even if you can still follow them but not see their content, like that's so muting. If they, so if you hold right. down on a story um, and select mute, you can choose to mute all their stories I'm and muted. their posts. I'm Sam's. Um, Do you mute all mine? Yeah, I mute okay. all yours. So <laughs> muted. <laughs> I've actually never muted muted anyone. Muting is a new trendy could. block. Oh, that's a great idea. I have so many people muted because I love uh, some people, but their stories maybe are not so much yeah. my taste. Oh, for yeah, sure. I want to support them, but maybe it's just not the content I want yeah. to see that day. Yeah, no, mute's the best way to go. You can choose just stories yeah. or both. Perfect. Um, how to decide if you can talk to them or need to cut them out. So there are some people in your life, right, it's it's easy to say you leave them, you don't feel good about yourself, but it's your mum. So, you know, hard to cut that person out. You know, if it's someone very close to you that you can't just necessarily decide, okay, you're gone, how do you decide at what point it's like, no, I am fully cutting you out or... I appreciate that you are that toxic person. I need to maybe monitor myself in your presence or, or whatever. You know, how do you make that decision? <sighs> Becky, I'll start with you because yes, Emily's okay, looked away. Emily's just stressing <laughs> out over there. <laughs> no, I, was, I don't know how to word it. <laughs> uh, for me, I mean, if I have uh, 
a relationship like at work or in the family or somewhere I can't escape like school or something. It's just managing that relationship and, and um, allowing myself to either emotionally commit to it or not. So if I'm emotionally invested in it, then I'll commit to that. But generally anyone that I see or speak to or run into, I'm always present with them and I talk to them and I take them at full value. But then if I know that it's going to be toxic, I'm like, okay, everything they say, you just nod and agree or say, oh, that's great, you know, and you can kind of protect yourself from emotionally investing in that. So if you can kind of get your like emotions walls up around your, your own feelings in that person's presence. Find the boundaries. Boundaries. Yep. And also figuring out what triggers you with that person. So um, if you've got like, you know, say Fabian's got a friend or you maybe Dex got a friend or something like that, you're not particularly fond of or something, they're always going to be there, but you can't necessarily get rid of them yes. as such. So you've got to learn and figure out ways that you can be around them. So whether that just be, you know, oh, I'm just going to pop to the bathroom, take yeah. a break or um, <laughs> go for a walk or, you know, yeah. make an excuse and do something else. Just anything. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like say if you're at a restaurant or something and you're having that conversation yeah. you can't really sometimes you've just got to suck it up yeah but it's Absolutely. about in your mind how you're keeping it separate and creating those and I think that's a good point yes. to make too like you can't remove all the toxic people from no, your life that's no. not the world that we live in no. that's not how life works you have to understand that you'll be sometimes able to make that decision and sometimes not able to make that decision mm -hmm. but it's how you respond to the people who you can't make that decision for especially because there'll be people who will have toxic family yeah. and so you have to make that decision because and they'll they never leave there. you yeah. and you know families of partners and families of friends and whatever it is that you'll always have some peripheral access to if you will um, you've got to control how you respond to it as opposed to yeah. letting them control your Control feelings. the things you can control, which yeah. is basically what you're so saying, important. rather than trying to change them. Because some people, you, you can have the conversation with them and tell them that they're hurting you or whatever, they're upsetting you or something they're doing you're not happy about and they just get defensive or they don't listen and they start blaming yeah. you and you can't get through it. There's no, you know it's not going to go anywhere. And th in those situations, there's no point to keep trying, I yes. don't think, because you're just getting more and more hurt because you feel like they don't really care. Yeah. And then you're arguing it's just a shit situation, mm -hmm. <laughs> extremely toxic. And yeah. um, you just have to realise that you can't change that and it, I guess in time you'll be able to leave and move out and everything, but you yeah. still have to survive until <laughs> you get to that point that you can leave. And you kind of touch on this question, so I'm going to go into it, but how do you cut them out? You know, if you've identified mm. someone is toxic if, if you're living and you've with gone, them. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be different, right? Like there's going to be some people who, you know, you guys had a mutual friend, um, but you were very close versus obviously if there's someone who's, you know, not that close to you or whatever, pretty easy to cut them out. Like we're not going to help you with that. Yeah. Hello. Stop seeing them. Stop replying but to their text. If it's someone that's, you know, a partner, if it's someone who's very close to you, if it's a family member, if yeah. it's, you know, if it's something that's in your inner network and you can't necessarily just cut them out, yeah. how, how do you put those walls up or how do you cut out a friend if they are that person? I guess like if it's in a situation where it's say your partner's father or mother or whoever and you have to deal with them to some extent, I think have the conversation with your partner so they're aware of the situation so they're not putting you in a position that you feel uncomfortable and you can't deal yeah. with. So it's better if they know. But then sometimes you just like say you're at dinner and you have to be sitting there with them and they're annoying or they're rude or whatever. Yep kind of do have to just suck it up and get through that because yes. they're not in your life all the time every single day. Absolutely. It's sort of something you can deal with. But if you're living with them, like how do you get out of that situation? I, I guess you have to somehow in your mind, like I was saying before, put up those boundaries so that they're yeah. not affecting you and realising that they they act a certain way and they make you feel a certain way and that's not your problem. 
yeah. and keep working on that and then spend time with other people. Yeah. <laughs> like try to get but out of there I, as much I as you can. I also think it's important to continue to work on yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. even in the face of trying to deal with that, it's most important that you oh. yourself are confident and able to yeah. cope. And if there's a positive, because I think there is, there's positives in everything, you're learning so much about it, about yourself, about yeah. how to deal with these people and you're getting stronger and you can identify, like we are saying before, when someone is toxic and how they make yeah. you feel a certain way, you go, okay, I, I trust that you know, what I'm feeling is true and I don't need to have these sure. people in my life. So it is a good thing as much as it's a, sh- it's a shit situation at the time Yeah, and you do get through it. That's the thing. Yeah. You have to know that you do get through it and when there's a point that you can get an escape, you can get out of there, take it yeah. and plan it. And do you think that's the same, Becky? Yeah, very similar. For me, that like goes back to the lessons learning and my mum always saying to me, you know, like there's a lesson in everything and once you've learned that lesson in this lifetime, then you'll find a new one to learn the next day or something like that. So um, for me, it was always figuring out why this person is here. Are they here to teach me something about myself, whether I'm, um, this is the reason why I'm triggered or this is the reason why I'm upset about this and I need to learn how to either not be or how I can take control of my emotions or the situation to be able to better myself or to be able to diffuse it or, you know, yeah. just to clear 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 the air and give myself the best opportunity I can to grow. Absolutely. And speak to someone you can trust as well, whether it's a, you know, a, a friend or, or you get a counsellor or whoever, mm. it's really good to talk about that because they will take the emotion out. Well, that's kind of moving on to our producer Courtney has uh, left a final note here uh, on (laughs) how to surround yourself with supportive people. I think I'll start that off by saying that I think it is, if you are surrounded by toxic people, I think you also have to check yourself. Do you also have supportive people around you? And you almost need to go two for one. Are you also contributing to that toxicity? Yes. Toxicity. Toxicity. Yeah, I can't say it. (laughs) But you need to make sure that you have supportive people around you. I think that's the the point you're trying to make now, Emily, is, and if that's not a friend, it could be a healthcare professional or it could be anyone, a phone call uh, to one of these You don't have to do it alone. If there is someone toxic or you're living with them or whatever, it's your mother and you can't get out of it. Yeah. Then make sure you've got those people that support you. Outside. And if you know that you're seeing someone who's toxic, make sure you book in a time after with someone who's supportive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. her up. Yep, absolutely. I cannot watch TV shows that are scary and terrifying without a funny comedian TV show after it, honestly. Okay. Yeah, balance. Yes. It's taking control of my mental health. <laughs> Watching television shows that are scary. It's so hard to achieve anything in life, you know, whether it's careers or you're trying to you're trying to lose weight, whatever it is, how do you achieve that? If I mean, you're different, Sam, because you're the sort of person that doesn't necessarily need those people around you because you're so Quite it's like resilient. you're supportive of yourself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I admire that about <laughs> I'm a you. Big fan of myself. I wish you could give that to me. <laughs> if no one else is, at least <laughs> oh, that's it. Good job. But if you want to Still achieve the flag. like in anything and be happy, then yes. you, it's important that you, you do have to start with yourself. With those people. Yeah, you just start with yourself and then project out from there. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, for sure. and yeah, that's a good point. But, but I also, regardless of what we can say about whether I'm resilient or not, if you look at my immediate network, I'm surrounded by a lot of supportive people. Yeah, overwhelmingly so. So it could be very different maybe mm. if I was in a situation where that was the opposite yeah, and yeah. everyone was very toxic and I had very few, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm very lucky with the network that I have around me. Mm. Um, I don't know whether it's pure luck, whether I've built that myself, who That's knows? A bit of both, yeah, you've, crea- you've created it because like attracts like. Yeah, yeah so it, you, you it just takes time to build. Rome it does take time. In a day. So you can't have that when you're really young and you, you if you're born into that or you luck in, Go you. Like that's yeah. awesome totally. for you. But if you have to build it or if you, you're like me and M who haven't really had the best um, opportunity, I guess, and finding it straight away, you know, we didn't exactly put ourselves in the easiest industry to find besties. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, it, yeah, over time it eventually gets it. there. But you can create it. But the thing is that you have to do it. You can't yeah. just Be responsible. Can't no. you cross your fingers and just hope that it happens? It's like you have to actually go for it. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're going to wrap up there. I think that's been quite in-depth um, in terms of what we've discussed today. Like I said, we've touched on a few different things here in terms of mental health. Um, if you're in Australia, like I said, you can go and get that mental health plan. You can also obviously always find help. You should Google online. There are services you can call. You should always put your mental health first um, mm. and make sure that you are managing that above all else before yeah. you're looking at anything else. Um, and, you know, I think it's been another very – very helpful episode. You never yes. Know. And I always like to finish with, well, we just just started doing this. Um, I like to ask de- the guests. I can't speak properly. I tell you what, is <laughs> making it it's so much harder. Ba- blame it on the baby. I'm blaming it. Okay. It's all baby brain. I'm, I'm going to be using that forever. So it's what is your you can and can you recommend a book or a song or a podcast, anything that keeps you motivated or gets you motivated? I would say uh, anything that's attractive to you. So if a podcast is really attractive to you, then find a podcast that you really enjoy looking forward to listening to or if it's a book that you've read or a recommendation that someone's given. Um, And, you know, Google's a wonderful thing. Do you have anyone that you like? Like maybe you follow someone or you listen to their podcast or YouTube or something that makes you feel good and Yeah, I find inspiration on on YouTube for for people that I like to follow that either have a lifestyle that they like to lead. I need to check myself though sometimes that it's like, not in an imaginary world. This is my world that I live and I take myself for 20 minutes and watch their YouTube yeah. channel and that's nice. So it's not but a I particular person. Me, it's kind of a general like no. type of person. Well, see, I find, you know, that the saying of like the five people around you are the most yeah. influential that you've got, like you're a piece of all of those. So I don't know, I guess I talk to my friends a lot and stuff, but yeah. I think for me, I internalize a lot of it and I don't necessarily look up to one person for yeah. one piece of advice. I know if I've got one friend who's been through some pregnancy stuff or some yeah. kids stuff, I'll talk to them about that or, um, you know, with Fabian's work or whatever, I can go to someone there and social media, other stuff, you know, that's relatable for me at that time. I would I would say, I don't know, if I scrolled through my phone, I could probably find you 50 different examples. But yeah. even just like liking a Facebook page with positive quotes or something or yeah. funny videos that's just going to lift your mood a bit, you can like those and have them at the top of your feed. Yeah. So they will come, the first thing you do when you scroll into that is see that. And mm. I think ensuring that I get rid of the negativity at the same time. You know, if I find yeah. something I don't really like was not applicable to me that was maybe five years ago. So yeah. Unlike. It's, it's taking that control again and, yeah. and not blaming other people for the way you feel when you can actually just remove them. Yeah. Especially if they're online. Exactly. It's simple as unfollowing or muting or whatever. Right. And we, we generally have a Apple music subscription or something like that. And you can find anything for anything like search yeah. happy songs. Yeah. There you go. And Adele doesn't come up. No, she doesn't. No. <laughs> She's a very songs? specific playlist, there isn't she? she? Is, yeah. <laughs> we love but that. Celine Dion is always helpful. She has <laughs> a song for every occasion. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> good to have everyone back again. That was, um, I think that was really good. Yeah. I mean, all the episodes are really good, but I think you never quite know with us because the episodes start with a bit like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then it gets in, but I think it was Even great. though Courtney tries to keep us structured, I guess, and pl- plans, I always deviate. I don't really follow instructions very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, neither do you, Sam, though. So true. Yeah. But no, that was really good. So thank you for joining us, Becky. Oh, pleasure. It's nice to catch up with you, Em. Yeah. Yeah, good to see to you again. Mike's in front. Yeah. Mike's and camera's in. <laughs> Let me know when you want to do another one. I'm always free. Yeah. Always so Make sure much you time go, on my hands. Go check out Becky's page too. What are your or handles, I guess, oh, on Instagram. Uh, I think my Facebook page, this is going back, Becky Lamb Official. That's all good. Uh, <laughs> and just that. at, yeah, it's bad. Is I it know. officially you? Yeah, it truly is. Um, Instagram and Twitter are at Becky underscore Lamb, and YouTube is just Becky Lamb. It's Becky with a Y too. Becky with a good hand. And Lamb like the animal lamb. I'll take it. Yes, yes. Yes. Like, you know, a butcher asked me how to spell it once. Did you know Emily's Facebook? 
link is facebook.com forward slash Emily Sky model. So yes, hers is from really back in the day. I can't change yeah. it. I can't change it and I hate it because I'm not like I'm not a model now, you no, know? No, that's funny. We don't supply it anyway now in writing because it looks well, ridiculous. My Twitter's Miss Emily Sky and know, like is yeah. that why Deck won't marry me? So you know, I <laughs> miss Emily. I can't We're still it. trying to get the access yeah. to misses and then he can finally propose. Exactly. That's what it's all Come about. Come on, Twitter. Well you'll still be Emily Sky. Yeah. Just not Miss. Well, because Sky's no. my middle name, so that's good. But apparently you're not Miss when you're over 19 anyway. Oh. I'm legally – I signed a document once and they're like, you're not Miss. You're 31. Are like, you Miss? Wow. Is that when you're yeah, ruthless. That's toxicity. You don't yeah, need that yeah. in your life. <laughs> like, wow. Get those toxic people out. Unfollow. <laughs> I am they? still Miss if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. All right, lots of the episode. Thanks for listening as always. Love you the most and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can. Thanks for listening to the You Can podcast with me, Emily Skye. This podcast is part of the Spin Studio Network. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and I'll be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast. To stay up to date with me, follow me on Instagram at You Can by Emily Skye and join our closed Facebook group so we can chat. Just search You Can by Emily Skye.